Sunday Sports Sound Off is presented by Window Works. The time to talk Tennessee football is now. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off, the longest running talk show in the state of Tennessee with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Call in now at 656 9900 or 866 656 9900. Sunday Sports Sound Off, sponsored by Safety Systems, Lexus of Knoxville, ANLRV, your East Tennessee Volunteer Toyota Dealers, TVA, Wow Cable Internet and Phone, Window Works, Rusty Wallace Kia on Callahan, Salsaritas, Fox 43 Sports, National OT Clinic, and Kimball's Jewelers. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Hines. For most of the first half, Tennessee very competitive against the number three team in the country, but then Georgia scores a touchdown late in the first half. They pull away in the second half and defeat Tennessee 43-14 to Saturday night, Neyland Stadium. Welcome to Sunday Sports Sound All, brought to you by Window Works. Uh, Tennessee uh, played much more competitive. I think that maybe going forward you would have a better feeling about Tennessee's potential to try to beat some of the teams that it plays, but... I thought Brian Maurer gave him a spark as a quarterback, in particular in the first half. The second half, he didn't play so well, and neither did Tennessee's offense. But it all resulted in a 29-point loss to the third-ranked team in the country. I'm Jimmy Himes, along with Tim Irwin. Tim Irwin, a former star at Central High School, University of Tennessee, and with the Minnesota Vikings. Tim, your thoughts on the Tennessee-Georgia game last night? Pretty much what you said. I thought we came out with some energy particularly on the offensive side of the ball. I thought we were outmanned and outclassed their offense versus our defense for most of the game. I thought they just had their way with us. They could run. They could throw. Unbelievable performance by Georgia's quarterback, Fromm, just looked like a master of the game. Um, Just disappointing, uh, but I was proud of the way they came out and fought the first half. They looked ready to play, Jimmy, when they started that game. And they played with some emotion. Some of our stars shone brightly there for a while. Um, Jennings has an ability to go get the ball when he catches it in the crowd. And and run after a catch. And run after a catch. He's, he's a tough kid, and he plays hard. Um, I like the fact that we gave our receivers some chances on some 50-50 balls. And I thought they came through for us. I thought... Our protection was pretty good for most of the night. Now, people say, well, didn't you see the quarterback get clobbered on the blitz in the second half? Yeah, I saw that. I had it three sacks. I had one sack on the line, one sack on the coverage, and one sack on the quarterback. Um, I thought we played pretty well up front. I I saw a rash of guys going down towards the end of the game. I don't know what the injuries were. It concerns me. Solomon's injury really concerns me going forward. Um, It really, at the end, was about what I expected. But I was very pleased with the way we played for most of the first half, all but the last uh, 60 seconds. It was, I thought we were going to go in at worst down by three points and we come back down by by 12. It was a very disappointing end of the first half. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, gave Georgia some momentum going into the second half. But in that first half, if Samaglia makes that field goal with less than a minute left, you're down 20-17 to 17 at halftime. 
and he missed it. And then Georgia marched it right down the field, scored a touchdown, uh, jumped the lead to uh, to twelve. And I, I thought it was um, I thought in the second half uh, Georgia's defense took over, and Tennessee didn't have didn't didn't have much success. They they had a couple of drives late after it was thirty six fourteen. One resulted in a fumble that Georgia picked up and scored on. The other time Tennessee got down to the five yard line and couldn't punch it in. I thought uh, that last drive was against the reserves, uh, for sure against Georgia's reserves. But I thought, uh, I thought our guys showed some heart. I just don't think we're good enough yet to play a juggernaut. I believe they're in the top three teams in the country. Um, they execute. They got a lot of leadership. Great kicker. Great quarterback. Host of running backs that can beat you. And uh, no superstars, I would say, on defense but to play good team defense is the way I would describe their team. I thought they were very imposing, and they had their way with us at the end. But we we hung with them, scared them for a little while, and that was fun. The first half was fun until the last minute. We'll go ahead and get to our thumbs up, and uh, one of them certainly was Juwan Jennings. Seven catches, 114 yards, uh, and a touchdown. He had uh, a lot of yards after catch. He had a really nice catch on a deep fade where the – Kind of reached out with one hand and was able to corral it, but I thought he had a an exceptional night. Uh, I thought uh, I'm going to go with Brian Mauer for the first half. He was 10 of 21, 205 yards, two touchdowns, a beautiful throw to Callaway on the 73 yarder, and then Tim he had Jennings over the middle when it, basically there were two defenders that were closing in. He threaded the needle on that touchdown pass. I thought that was a really good throw. I think he he looked better throwing the ball than he has at any other time he's played. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because they he practiced and prepared like he was going to be the starter. I don't know. Yeah, but I thought he showed some talent, and uh, I was kind of proud of the way he came out. I was most proud. Like I said, our receivers went and got a lot of those balls, tough catches. Uh, I wasn't particularly proud the way we started the game, dropping those swing passes. The swing passes were either just a hair off or we dropped them. Uh particularly that first drive where we had the big run coming out to about the 40-yard line. Then we throw it and stall out and punt the ball right back to him. I thought uh, that was his worst series of the night. That's right after that. I think we started with about a 12-, 13-yard run, and then the next plays after that I thought, eh, I don't know about this guy. But then he got dialed in and sort of was in control. The game didn't look too big for him when it started. He obviously will be trying to do a better job looking for the backside blitzer after that. I'd say the breath got knocked out of him the way he was acting. It's kind of scary when you can't breathe for a second or two. But uh, I'm not I'm not sure what happened. I guess we'll find out more on Monday. Uh, there was a lot of, of hard hits in that football game. It was a tough football game. I thought Nigel Warrior played pretty well. He had 10 tackles and a pass broken up. And the other safety, Theo Jackson, also had nine tackles. I thought Tennessee's first down production in the first half was really good. They had first down plays of 16, 16, 18, 21, and 21 yards in the first half. 16 first half snaps, 107 yards. They uh, they had some nice production on first down in the first half, Tim. I, I see our offense getting a little better. I see. I know we only scored 14 points, but I see us getting better on that side of the ball overall. I see our defense uh, just woefully lacking in personnel up front to be able to get the job done and play at an SEC level right now. we got to have some more bodies. 
we got to have some help. But I did not think the game looked too big for Maurer. I thought he was on time, on rhythm. One of my big complaints about Jared this year is he's been doing everything late. And I thought uh, Maurer was on time last night uh, for the most part. Also with uh, Tennessee, I gave him a thumbs up for stopping Georgia uh, rather late in the game, Georgia had third and two, and, Sten- and Tennessee stopped Swift, and then they had fourth and one at the Tennessee 39-yard line, and Tennessee stopped them there as well. I, I thought that was a-, a nice stand for the defense. I thought so, too. I-, I was particularly proud of our young freshman linebacker's effort on that long play where he ran the guy down, Toa Toa ran that guy down, and I'm like, What's he doing making that tackle? He's a linebacker. He just ran somebody down. I, I was proud of him for not giving up and making that play. I think he's been a bright a bright spot in an otherwise dismal season so far. He's really playing much older than his freshman years. I did think the offensive line uh, showed some improvement. Even though Tennessee only ran for 70 yards, he ended up with 343 total yards against a really good defense. Uh, that is, by the way, the best run defense in the SEC. They were giving up. 57 rushing yards a game coming in. Uh, and I, I gave um, – and I thought the wide receivers overall had a good day. The only negative about that, um, a tight end, Dominic Wood Anderson, dropped a pass on the first series, and so did Juwan Jennings. You were talking about those drops early. Yeah, uh, Those were the two that had the drops. I don't think uh, they were his best balls of the night either, but they yeah. dropped them. Uh, thumbs down, uh, pass rush. I just didn't see much of a pass rush from Tennessee. I thought Jake Fromm had way too much time. He picked Tennessee apart, 24 of 29, 288 yards, and two touchdowns. Jimmy, he could have smoked a cigarette before he threw those balls. It was it was ridiculous to expect our defensive backs to cover that long. And even when we blitzed, we couldn't get pressure. I mean, their offensive line owned us. Their offensive line is a pretty good group for a college football yeah, team. Really good, yep. Uh, I didn't think Tennessee tackled particularly well. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 12, uh, 17 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He also had four receptions for 72 yards. And then Brian Harrion, number 35, 11 carries, 88 yards. I did not think Tennessee's tackling was very sharp. Uh, then I thought a thumbs down toward the end of the half. Tennessee misses the field goal, which would have cut it to 20-17. to 17. And then Georgia scores that touchdown with nine seconds left in the first half to take a 26-14 lead. Uh, also, um, while I give Tennessee credit for first down production in the first half, in the second half, it wasn't much there. 12 plays, 25 yards, first down, second half. No, we were behind the sticks the whole second half, and that was a big difference in the football game. And really, you got to give Georgia credit. They made some good halftime adjustments. They They throttled us the rest of the game. They shut our offense down. And they had the ball. I think part of the problem was – our defense just got worn out. They had the ball 20 minutes of the first half. 20 minutes. And we were ahead a lot of that first half. And we were in that ball game, and they had it 20 minutes. So. They ended up having it 36 and a half minutes for the game to Tennessee's 23 and a half. Uh, and um, another thing, too, and he got away with it, but Bryce Thompson punched the Georgia player in the end zone. Yeah. It wasn't called. But, boy, he, he took a swing at him. And I, I thought I thought they saw it when I watched the replay of it. And I thought, well, the guy's looking right at it. But he got away with it. Uh, not a smart play by Thompson. I'll tell you something that kind of warmed my heart was when two of Tennessee's players, I forget exactly who the Georgia player was, but they shoved him out of bounds over on the sidelines. They had him up under the pads. 
yeah, I wish they would have stopped and not gotten a penalty, but I kind of like seeing the aggression. I got to be honest with you. It cost us that drive, but I kind of like seeing that address. One of them was Morris, I think. Wanye Morris, that's exactly And somebody right. was in there with him. It may have been Trey Smith. I thought there were two on the guy. They put picked him up and set him on his ear, and I kind of liked the fact that they were making a statement. I didn't like the result, and they should have stopped before they dumped him on the sideline because it did stop our drive. It stopped that drive. But Jeremy Pruitt was in the same camp as you because afterward he said you don't want to get a penalty, but he said, quote, I'm proud we're finally playing to the whistle or sometimes through it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I, I was proud to see the aggression, and I was proud to see somebody wanting to dominate somebody else out there. I like the, I like the savagery of it. I didn't like the result for the team. It had been nice to stop a couple of yards earlier. Um, it, was, it was a pretty chippy ball game. That's our thumbs up and thumbs down, and uh, if you want to join us, Six five six ninety nine hundred one eight six 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 five six ninety nine hundred. Let's go ahead and go to the phones where David is our first caller. David, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Good morning, Tim and Jimmy. How are y'all doing this morning? Okay, David. Gentlemen, I'm not pointing fingers at any players. That's for sure. My blood runs orange, but I was thinking. Seeing Brian Maurer play in the first half at times, I think the team would be a totally different, have a totally different record if he if he'd started the season. JG Garantano is definitely not the same as he was before. Uh, as all, it was great to see some of the defensive linemen, uh, Matt Butler and Darrell Middleton, uh, making plays in there too. Uh, I think I think they can finish the year off strong. What do y'all think? I'm more encouraged after watching Maurer in this game, obviously, than the Florida game. The Florida game, the second half he came in, he had three series, and then Garantano came back in, then Maurer went back in. I have more hope going forward. The thing that's tough on this, Tim, and I'm going to go back to Maurer a little bit about what David said. As a freshman quarterback, I'm not so sure he was ready in those first few games. There's a progression that you make. Even when Peyton Manning was over there, the coaches would tell you he wasn't ready to start game one. And he started game five, maybe, <clears throat> and threw for 79 yards. And then, of course, he took off from there. So I, I, I don't – I know it's easy to look and say, well, if Mauer had played. I'm not sure Mauer would have been as good in game one as he was against Georgia after getting some reps in practice. What are your thoughts on that? I think completing the bomb at the start of the game really helped him. Mm-hmm. I think that was exactly what Tennessee needed to get him a little confidence, to get the team around him with a little confidence. Hey, maybe everything this year is not going to go awful. Hey, we can be in this. We can play with those guys. I mean, they just played a decent half of football against the number three team in the country. So you'd think following through that we ought to be able to win two or three games of what's left. Uh, I'm not expecting much more than that, but we ought to be able to win two or three games of what we got left. I think I at least got a sense in that first half that we're starting to build something here. Um, I thought the fans were into the football game, uh, trying hard. Of course, I knew Georgia would bring a lot of people. Uh, they're great yeah. front runners when things are going well. They travel well. I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, they probably had, out of the 92,000, probably twenty-five or 30,000 were Georgia people. I was right around twenty-five. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure uh, that was the way it worked. And 
I really hate uh, – I sat on the west side in a little different place, and I usually sit. I was on about the 30-yard line, and I know the section I was sitting in, I've sat there before, is all Tennessee fans, and I noticed a lot of them had ducked out and sold their seats to Georgia people. And I expected that before I went over. And it was important to me to go for a while and watch the ball game. I watched the first half there. Zipped home, watched the second half on TV because I wanted both perspectives to do this show this morning. And uh, I wanted to get a close-up look. Sometimes I can see things a little better off the television screen than I can in person. But I was generally pleased with our fans' effort. I was generally pleased with our team's effort. And I don't think there was any quit. I just don't think we're quite good enough yet. Hey, David, we appreciate the phone call. And, uh, again, if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. When we come back, we'll talk about a compliment that Jeremy Pruitt had for Jarrett Garantano and also about who might be the starting quarterback when Tennessee plays Mississippi State next Saturday at noon. Uh, you are listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. We are brought to you by Window Works. Window Works is proud to be the exclusive carrier of the OKNA Windows. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. I got headsets on. I don't know anything about the juice over there. I'm listening to the coaches. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt, when asked, did he feel the sideline had more energy uh, than earlier in the season. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound. brought to you by Window Works, family-owned, founded in East Tennessee with only American-made products. To join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. You had mentioned earlier about uh, Aubrey Solomon, about his situation. There were a couple of offensive linemen that went down late. Kyron Calvert, Darnell Wright, back-to-back plays. I don't know what their status is. Uh, One of them looked like a hand or a wrist. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, seemed like we had a rash of guys getting hurt. Just yeah. boom, boom, boom at the end of the game. But Solomon's injury was earlier in the first half, and he did not come back, I noticed. Right. Uh, I'm worried about that. Uh, and then uh, Trey Smith uh, was injured. He came back. He right. wasn't out very long. And then Jameer Johnson, Tennessee offensive lineman, who I thought might have been their most consistent offensive lineman last year, He's not played three games in a row. Not sure what his injury is. So uh, I think they've missed him a little bit. I thought it was interesting after the game. Uh, Pruitt was asked, did Mauer do enough to be your starter against Mississippi State? And he would not commit to that. Um, I think he'd have to be. He, he, he indicated he'd have to watch the film. But. As opposed to his post-first-half interview where he kind of conceded he was asked the same question at the end of the first half, and he conceded he was getting some things done, and he was pretty positive on Maurer at the end of the first half. So, I will see. Uh, Pruitt also said that uh, of Jerry Garantano, he's a team guy. He liked the way Garantano responded. He liked the way that he was trying to help Maurer during the game and on the sidelines. And one comment from Pruitt, uh, Jared is a guy that will help us win some football games down the road. I guarantee you that with his attitude and his work ethic. So very complimentary right there of Garantano. Uh, we shall see going forward. So um, let's hear a little bit more from 
Coach Pruitt uh, as he met with the media after the game. And um, I did ask him right off the bat about Brian Maurer. Well, he stood in there and he made some throws down the field in the first half. Um, you know, he, he kind of went through his progressions. He kept his poise, uh, kept his eyes down the field, um, made some nice throws, you know, and it, and it enabled us to create some explosive plays. It softened them up a little bit so we could run the ball some. Um, you know, there's, prob- there's probably, I don't know, eight to 15 plays in the game that he's going to learn from and learn a lot of lessons from, you know, that maybe they, maybe we had opportunities somewhere else or maybe worked the wrong side of the field. Um, that, that's, that's part of maturing, and it'll be interesting to see moving forward how much he learns from this game and, and makes adjustments, you know, because that's important to do. You can't make the same mistakes over and over. Uh, but I thought that's some of the things that he did. Also, Pruitt was asked, what did Mauer do to earn the start and what type of impact did he have on the team? Well, there's there's lots of things that, that kind of went into that. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, change, you know, uh, for one, when you put Brian in um, and you let Jarrett come out, it takes a little bit off Jared. I think Jared had probably been pressing a little bit. Um, you know, I said before we were going to play Jared tonight, and Brian kind of got off to a hard, uh, a fast start, so uh, we kept him in there. But when Brian come out, Jared makes a great throw right over the middle there to extend a drive. Um, but we just felt like it was a, it gave us the best opportunity moving forward uh, for this game, uh, and I thought it worked well. Um, but <clears throat> With our team, we're so young, okay, and inexperienced at certain positions that we have to go out and we have to practice and practice like a game at least twice a week, okay, to, to get the, the right quality of reps. And we have to earn, the players have to earn who plays during that time. Uh, and, it's, and it's what we've tried to do since we've been here. Well, he made some good throws early on. I mean, we had some chances there to put some more points on the board, but um, I, I thought he'd done well for a half. Uh, first half was much better than the second, right? That's Jeremy Pruitt. And, Tim, one of the things he said in there was that Garantano had been pressing. I think that was pretty obvious the first part of the season. Yeah. Uh, he's regressed the first half of the year or first five ball four ball games this year i think he regressed i don't think he played well um had he played well i think tennessee gets two more wins uh for sure but uh we just have a mediocre team right now at best and we faced a juggernaut yesterday and i saw some improvement in some areas again i saw thought the receivers played a pretty pretty good football game Thought the protection for the most part throughout the night was pretty good, but it paled in comparison to Georgia's protection. I mean, they absolutely he could have had a Barker lounger back there and relax. He was so relaxed and so poised, and I felt sorry for our defensive backs. I mean, how long do you have to cover somebody? Uh, I thought uh, they ran the ball whenever they wanted to. I thought defensively it was our worst performance. Offensively, it was one of our better performances of the young year. 
Yeah, to get 343 yards against uh, against that Georgia team is not bad. I um, might, I might have yeah. taken that. Going in, yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to have a turnover or two, which would have yeah. made a huge difference in that ball game. Uh, also uh, from Jeremy Pruitt, uh, he was asked, what are some of the positives that you can take from this game that could apply as the season progresses? Well, I think this Georgia team's probably a little better than the one this time last year. Uh, I think our football team's probably better than this time last year too. Um, you know, we we just we got to learn from it. You know, I mean, hey, it, nobody's looking for a pat on the back for playing hard, right? You know, I'm not. You know, I think our kids played hard. Uh, I don't know. I got to watch the tape. I might be completely wrong, right? Um, but. I know there was a lot of straining going on on both sides of the ball, um, and those guys made a strain. You know, they did. Um, so we just gotta we gotta learn from our mistakes in this game and and improve on it. And uh, and I, I think we will. Comments from Jeremy Pruitt and, and Tim. I I feel a little bit more optimistic about Tennessee's chance to beat Mississippi State than I did before the Georgia game. Do you? Yes. I've seen some slow progress. One area I haven't seen progress in, I guess we've got to talk about it. I hate to jump on the poor guy when he's in a rut. But Lord, what's happened to our punting? Uh, yeah. That was that was terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we shanked one, and luckily they shanked one right back to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, wow, our punting game. And, and uh, man, I mean – how old is Georgia's kicker now? Is he a senior? I hope he is. Yeah, he's a senior. He seemed like he's been playing he's about an, thirty years. He's an eighth year senior. No. Yeah, I don't know. He no, he can he's, flat. He's he's got to be he, the best kicker in the NCAA. I mean, every kickoff good. well in the end zone, mm-hmm. never misses an extra point. Uh, he is just Blankenship can just flat just smack the ball. He's a weapon. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Rich. Rich here on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning. Uh, you might have already touched on this. I was a little late getting to the show, but uh, just a simple question. Why in the world do we never return a kickoff? I'm Obviously, I'm not talking about the ones that sail out of the end zone, but the ones that are fielded, you know, at the five-yard line. Is that a philosophy of ours? Uh, well, I mean, what, why do we not return that? Because to me, that just takes at least a chance for a big play totally off the board. I would have definitely run the one back with, what, nine seconds left? Why not? Yeah. Give yourself a chance, and maybe you break something for 40 yards or 50 yards. Uh, here's what I think I remember Jeremy Pruitt saying a year ago. If the kick is between the goal line and the five-yard line, he wants a fair catch. If you catch it okay. outside the five, then return it. If it goes in the end zone, take a knee. They changed this rule, I'm sure, Rich, you know, a few years ago. They used to bring it out to the 20. Now they bring it out to the 25. That was to sure. encourage fewer returns so that you were getting an mm-hmm. extra five yards of field position. And it was a player but, protection issue. Right. So you wouldn't have as many violent head-on collisions, which sure. kickoff return was the number one area in the studies where you have two guys running mm-hmm. 20 yards at each other and then wham. You know, they cut out a lot. They yeah. cut out the wedge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, I remember many, many years with the Vikings, both starting tackles and the starting center were the wedge on kickoffs. You wouldn't hear that nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's 
big guys that can run are too valuable. We weren't as valuable back then, but a lot of violent collisions occur out there, so they've mm. tried to make the game safer. But I think Jimmy's right. I haven't seen – I've noticed several times that the ball's in the field to play and they've called fair catch. And I haven't heard him say anything or gripe about it, so I imagine they're being told to do that. Well, and I just, you know, and I know it's a high collision uh, deal. And I know the, the rule has changed, and, and, and no doubt for the better. Uh, but I just even going back to the BYU game there with the second, I mean, Callaway fills the ball on a squib kick at like the 20, you know. And I just think back, and I know I'm comparing two different eras here, but Willie Gall, fearless prize. I mean, when you have an offense that's struggling so much to, to score, you know, that is a chance for a big play. And uh, and if nothing else, if you're fielding it at the you know five or t- at, at a minimum, you're going to get it up to the thirty or the thirty-five. So it appears to me that, that we have no intention. I now believe we are going to go through the entire season. We're the only team, as I understand it, we don't have one return yard all season long. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to return a kickoff all year long. Whoa, 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 whoa! That's that's not close to being accurate. I'm not okay. sure where you got that. Do you, do you know the Tide Channel leads the SEC in kickoff returns? Uh, when did we return one? They've returned a number of them. Kickoffs this year? Yes. Okay, I just don't remember that at all. I really, really, maybe against Chattanooga. Oh, that's right. You're right. Okay, I do recall a Chattanooga game we returned some. Okay, so I stand corrected on that. Ty Ty Chandler's returned five kickoffs, and he's averaging 29.6 yards a return, and that leads the SEC. It led the SEC going into last night. Whether it wow, still leads, okay. I don't know. Well, I appreciate the clarification on that. I just it just seems to me, um, you know, maybe we got those in the first, you know, those uh, other games. But yeah, well, I appreciate, like I say, the clarification on that. But I just see, and I'll say this and move on. But it just seems to me we're missing out on some opportunities there to just spring a big play, uh, just to make something happen. Yeah, and like I said, I would have run the one back at the end of the half. Why not? Well, the other – Give it door. a shot. Let me play devil's advocate a minute here, guys. Okay. All right. We have the crew that throws the most flags per game of any group of referees in the SEC. At least that's what the commentators said last night. And mm-hmm. when you bring that ball out, how many times, even after a big play, sure. does it go marching right back because of a penalty? Because of hitting the back, or I mean, you don't risk oh, yeah. that when you fair catch it. But but what difference does it make at the end of the half? Nothing. At the end of the that, half, that, I agree with that's you. That's what I'm, okay. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. But yeah. I, I think another reason not to do it is because it seems like you get a penalty on every. It, there is so much undiscipline on punt returns and kickoff returns. There mm. are more blocks in the back. It, it drives me nuts because the players should know. Because you got defensive Goodness. guys doing it. Oh, I. Got, uh, <laughs> That, they're not as uh, bright That's, as those offensive There's linemen, two ways you get on defense, Jimmy. You can't remember a snap count, and you don't know front from back. That's how you get on defense. And there you go. Yeah, That was Tim Irwin that That's said that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, well, I, my final thing, and I just say, I thought maybe part of our philosophy, too, you don't want to get, you know, Callaway hurt, Ty Chandler. So I thought, well, maybe the philosophy was just not wanting to get them hurt on a kickoff return and maybe – that was part of the thinking while we're so conservative on that. But well, but anyway, if, but I appreciate you, that. Okay, thanks, Rich. If you feel that way, don't have Chandler back there. But he's really good at it, and he has been good My at it. My complaint on the return game is when we know we're playing against a rugby-style punter, 
go ahead and drop a guy back on either side so we can field yeah. more of those balls and we aren't subject to those bounces. Right, and a lot of those are line drive kicks. Yeah. So you could catch it, and maybe it's a 30-yard punt instead of a 45 right. or 50-yard punt. Yeah. Or, or maybe you pop yeah. one, you know, but, yeah. but put two guys back outside of the hashes on either side and let them cover the field a little better and let them come up and catch some of those balls that are hitting the ground and rolling forever. And that any time I saw a rugby style punter, I would have two guys back. I made that decision when it first started happening, and uh, that might be a good question to ask the special teams coach sometime if they thought about doing that. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. When we come back, uh, there was a rugby style punt that I think is kind of interesting. We'll talk about that. That came from Georgia. Uh, we are brought to you by Window Works. They offer vinyl and composite windows with many different color options. If you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. I'll have to watch film. I don't know. I think Brian competed really hard. I thought Jarrett done a nice job when he was in there. Uh, it was good for both of them. It was good for our football team moving forward. And how is Brian physically? I think there's some big kids. Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee head coach, talking about did Mauer do enough to be the starting quarterback going forward? Or is the competition still open? So uh, we will see what transpires with that. I would be very surprised if Mauer doesn't get the start. We've been told Wednesday night by a source Mauer was going to be the starter, it looked like, and uh, certainly that's the direction Tennessee went. And I thought he looked a lot better against um, against Georgia than he did against Florida. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. To join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. Uh, this had nothing to do with the Tennessee game, but I, I remembered watching a game before I went to work yesterday, and it was LSU and Utah State. And the Utah State punter did, started one of these rugby punts. He ran a few steps to the right and punted it, and an LSU guy ran into him, and they called roughing the punter. I thought that if you did the rugby-style punt, you were no longer protected. So maybe I'm wrong, and they, they penalized LSU, but I thought that, that if you did that, that you could get clobbered. Also. All those big-time guys on the TV, they've always got a referee in the background they can ask. We need – you know, we don't, Rocky's <laughs> retired now. We don't have that guy anymore. We need well, to get us somebody. Gerald Jeff. Hodges does that. Gerald Hodges, yeah. Yeah, Gerald. Gerald's joined us the last couple of years, does a great job, and, and maybe Gerald can help uh, explain that to me. In fact, he might be trying to text me here a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I saw that, and I thought, no, wait a minute, that guy's not protected. That's okay. But uh, they call the penalty – uh, I will say this. He didn't take as many steps on the rugby punt as some do. Yeah. So maybe they ruled that he was inside the, quote, pocket. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I, I saw that one. I thought, nah, that's not that's not roughing. But there are more and more punters going to that rugby style that you're talking about, Tim. And I do think it would be wise of teams in an effort to combat that and to stop some of these 15, 20-yard rolls is to have somebody up there short that could catch it and um, either fair catch it or catch it and take off because a lot of them are low. Yeah, uh, a lot of – I mean, it would be a real weapon. I, I kind of like the uh, dropping two back like that when you've got a rugby-style guy. I think that's a be a great, great idea. Uh, I'd like to see us get more pressure on the uh, on the kicker. Yeah, I'd like to see us generate more pressure somewhere up the middle or from the outsides unless uh, – 
Uh, we blocked a punt this year. Let's go get a mm-hmm. kick now. We hadn't come close in a long time to blocking a kick. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is James. Hello, James. Hey, how are you, sir? Fine, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, I wanted to touch on the uh, personal foul against Batui for the face mask. It looked pretty obvious that, uh, you know, it was a shoulder pad. And I, I was wondering why they didn't review that. And at the same time, I also was curious about the two targeting fouls that got called off uh, almost immediately. It seemed like a little bit of a turning point in the game to me, defensively. <clears throat> so which was the turning point, the targeting or the the, uh, the face mask on Batuli? Which one? You- the face mask, and then it, and then it was kind of like back-to-back plays. It seemed like, uh, you know, after that, we got called with uh, Juanye Morris got called with the targeting, and of course they reversed it, and then we had a, right. a, a defensive player on the other side. So, okay, uh, frankly, James, I thought they missed the call on Batuli. Uh, he did not grab the face mask. He grabbed the front part of the shoulder pad, and. Somebody said, well, that's horse collar. No, horse collar has to be from behind, not in front. I did not think that was a good call. Why did they not review it? James, I'm pretty sure that's not reviewable. Not every play is reviewable. There are only certain ones where the replay guy can come in and and change it, and I do not think that's one of them. There was a, a time, at least in the NFL, where they discussed uh, anything inside the collar. Front, back, at least it was discussed. Maybe it was called that way for a preseason. It, it was tough on the officials. You're tempted to call the result out there. And he spun around just exactly like he'd been grabbed by the face mask. Mm-hmm. I thought we got a bad break there, but I understood it, and I have a hard time. I have. I love to jump on officials, Jimmy. You know that. But I had a hard time <laughs> uh, jumping on those guys last night for that. It was that's tough tough situation to put a ref in and, and james to your point right. so at the series you're talking about so george is up 29 14 uh tennessee has the ball we're talking about middle of the third quarter and so there was uh mauer scrambles and they and as he's scrambling to the left morris hits a guy they said targeting and the replay said no foul which i thought was the right call and then but I, I think Maurer might have hurt his hip or something. He came out on that play. Then Garantano goes in. Those a 14-yard pass, and they call targeting on number two, LeCount for Georgia. Replay, no targeting. I thought that was the right call. I thought both those were the correct call. Uh, yeah. And I thought uh, my only criticism of, of, of Wanye, if you think there's a chance you might have done something wrong, don't hold your hands up in the air and call <laughs> attention to yourself. That's like the guy that clips on the kickoff return for a touchdown and holds his hands up like, I didn't do that. And and he didn't really whack the guy, I think, what saved him. There was some contact with his head, but it was off to the side. And it was kind of glancing. He didn't really gore the guy like he could have. I thought it could have been called a blindside block maybe more than a targeting. I thought they might. And then he didn't hit him with a crown of the helmet either, uh, which is another. It was close. Yeah. Now, there was clearly a good tackle. A hard tackle. It was clearly a good tackle by the Georgia Georgia defender on our tight end. That one definitely needed to be waved off. There was no targeting yep. there at all. It was just a hard, vicious hit. Uh, it was a hard, vicious hit Thank on the blind side on our quarterback, too. Yeah. There was no question. It was yeah. done very well. James, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Yes, sir. <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to have more. We're brought to you by <clears throat> Window Works. They offer financing for up to... 
10 years. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. say we came out with great energy in the first half and the second half you know the mistakes really got us and I feel like that's kind of what uh, hurt us in the second half Tennessee center Brandon Kennedy talking about how Tennessee did not get much going in the second half offensively after having a solid first half in which Brian Mauer threw for over 200 yards and two touchdowns welcome back to Sunday Sports Sandow brought to you by Window Works uh, proud to be the exclusive carrier of the OKNA Windows if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning, Tim and Jimmy. Hey, uh, I was kind of curious when you made that comment about the roughing the kicker as a rugby-style kicker, so uh, I just looked it up really quick. And uh, you're right, there's a zone. I'm just going to read it to you real quick. Rule 914A is an apple, uh, and they define the word kicker as the punter, place kicker, or the holder. Um, so the word kicker includes all three components to that. Uh, when it is obvious that a scrimmage kick will be made, no opponent shall run into or rough the kicker or the holder of a place kick. What's the exception? The kicker's protection under this rule ends when he carries the ball outside the tackle box before he kicks. And the tackle box is defined as a rectangular angle, uh, enclosed by the neutral zone, two lines parallel to the sidelines, five yards from the snapper. Uh, and he stated, so that's you're exactly right. If the get in or out of that zone decides whether or not it's a roughing the uh, kicker. Well, thanks for looking that up, David. I'm I'm going to guess that in that game I was watching LSU Utah State, they might have ruled the Utah State punter didn't get out of the tackle box. He he didn't take as many steps as a lot of those rugby style punters do. But but thanks for clearing that up. I thought that was the rule, but. I was second-guessing myself when I didn't see that. Some of those guys take off running towards the sideline and stop and kick it. Yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, those guys clearly ought to be whacked. I mean, let's hit them whenever we can. (laughs) Within the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got pads on. Well, they wear some pads. They don't wear much. No, uh, a lot of them don't have knee pads either. That scares me. Uh, Mm -hmm. That terrifies me. uh, Dave, was there anything else? Oh, no, sir. I just wanted to. Uh, I just happened to be in the parking lot before I was going into the store, and I heard that, and I looked it up real quick and, and just wanted to let you know your thought process on that was right on the money. Okay, thanks, David. Appreciate that. Yep. You all take care. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. You too. Let's go to Bill. Bill, you're on Sports Sound Off. Yes, sir. Good morning, man. I'd like to know uh, why Eli Wolf went to Georgia and we didn't keep him. Do we not use that kind of offense with a tight end? Georgia typically throws more to the tight end than Tennessee does. And um, I don't know all the reasons he left. He was a grad transfer. His older brother played here and did a nice job. And is, uh, I think, on some practice squad in the NFL, maybe. But Eli just decided to leave. It surprised me. But he made a nice catch. He made a nice run after the catch and was involved in a couple of plays for Georgia. And, um, and good for him. He's he's a good young man, and um, I'm I'm glad to see him have success. There was no problem here with him that I know of. I just think he wanted to to go to another program. And to be honest with you, I can't fault somebody if they see an opportunity to go play for somebody that might be in contention for an SEC or national championship. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe the fishing's better down there. He likes to fish a lot. 
Those Wolf boys, they, they fished more than any kids I've ever seen that played for Tennessee other than me. Is that right? They fished a lot, yeah. Did you fish with them? No, but yeah. I know they were out there all the time. They had a boat up here, and they went. Yeah? I mean, they went every opportunity. They could back their boat in and go for a few hours. They went. I wonder if they fished a lot in Ohio. I don't know. Um, I mean, if the river's not currently catching on fire up there, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I just think uh, uh, tight end was coming on behind him, and he didn't see a lot of playing time here and had a chance to go somewhere where they had a good quarterback and uh, you know like i said uh, made a good he made a good move evidently two catches for 18 yards and and again he on one of those plays he he was dragging defenders i, I thought he did a nice job uh by the way quickly on tim jordan i know he came in late but i thought jordan looked pretty good he had uh, nine carries 47 yards for tennessee yeah he was impressive he was impressive and and good for him i'm glad to see him uh Get shoulder the load. I didn't see as much of Gray last night as I have in the past, but uh, yeah, Jordan looked pretty effective. Kind of ran tough. I I uh, didn't see Gray until well into the game, and Gray ended up with only five carries for five yards. Uh, he um, didn't. Well, he didn't really have much of a chance. I thought. A lot, there were a couple times he got the ball, and bam, he was hit by a defender. I think uh, Jim Chaney made up his mind before the game that we were going to have to throw it to win and i thought that's i thought it came out with a pretty good game plan i think he kind of caught george on their heels a little bit uh a little bit there at first but uh no i thought that i mean that looked like their vulnerability point i thought for the most part the first half we had great protection too uh our quarterback was able to stand back there and go through his progressions and pick some things out without getting killed and that was kind of nice. Well, and, and he got rid of it quickly on some of those slants. And yeah. He was on target with them. I, I thought he I thought he did some nice things. When I watched him, I thought he looked more decisive. I also thought he looked like a quarterback that would have a chance to uh, <clears throat> succeed. <clears throat> excuse me, succeed going forward. I just think with more experience, I think he's got a chance to do that. I think so, uh, I think they got two very highly rated weapons that you'll see in the NFL soon. Swift and Fromm both, I think, are excellent, excellent players. A great offensive line. Uh, good defense without superstars. I mean, I think they're a very good football team. It's funny you said that about the defense because I talked to somebody, uh, Claude Felton, the SID before the game, and he said, we don't have any stars on defense. We just have a lot of good players that know how to play. And I, I think we saw that. Uh, they don't, so. You don't see a lot of guys running wide open down the field. Yep. Uh, you just don't see it. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more. We're brought to you by uh, Window Works. Uh, Window Works uh, has uh, been awarded the Energy Star Most Efficient 2019 Award. If you want to join us, 656-9900. This is Sports Sound Off. <laughs> 